0: This is the Bench Radio, WKCO 91.9 in Gambier, Ohio. And this will be uh, our final episode of this year um, because we'll all be heading back to home for winter break. But uh, we're excited. Um, this uh, We've got two really good topics to, uh, to end this season. But uh, um, no, we're just going to get right after it. Uh, we have uh, the <clears throat> format today will be our first topic, which will be in the sports kind of category. The second topic, we'll be talking about films. And then our third topic will be in the current events, talking about our show, and then also some sports, some movies, um, just all around, um, just some stuff we want to talk about right before we we hit this end of the season. So, all right, um, uh, I'll start us off with the first topic we'll be talking about, Um, has the intensity of travel in year-long sports had a positive or negative impact on the youth sports culture? We'll revisit that topic and explain more what we mean when we get to that part. But that will be the first topic, and then the second topic we'll be doing is um, Mayo or James. Would you guys like to explain uh, the second topic?
1: Yeah. So the second movie, uh, the second topic that we're gonna do is the movie or TV show that makes you like the most uncomfortable. You you could take that in a number of different ways. Like it could make you anxious. It could make you want to fast forward. It could make you want to stop watching the movie or show altogether. Um, it's just something that really uh, kind of makes your skin uh, skin crawl a little bit. So. Right,
0: and, and we'll revisit all this, and, and this week we're going to do a much better job of contextualizing our questions to make them more broad and and help the viewer understand our interpretation. Um, so uh, please, uh, if you're if you're listening to us on our Instagram Live or the stream um, from WKCO those are two great options but if you can't catch our whole show today we will be posting a podcast the link is in our bio and you can check out the whole show and even skip to the certain segments that you want to listen to but all right we're going to be heading to commercial break now we'll be back with our first topic thank you guys all right we're excited with you guys for our first topic because this is one that honestly i think hits home for all of us and most of our listeners it's commenting on the subject of the intensity of youth sports and travel sports that our culture has created, I think starting with maybe our generation, maybe a little bit before, but this was not the case in our, our parents' generation. Youth sports were, were an activity. They were, no one was doing year-long sports. No one was just playing football. No one was just playing basketball. It was, it was whatever season it was, you played it with your friends. Now it is a, it's almost a business decision. Parents are throwing thousands of dollars at Travel sports and and having their kid do off season stuff, and almost like they're like prepping their kid to not. I don't know if it's a professional, but like almost like they have to be doing these things to keep up with the times. So, the question we're posing today is Is that a positive impact on the youth sports culture or a negative impact? Has this revolution per se been a good or bad thing? We're gonna start with, I guess I know where you stand. no, I guess I don't. I don't know. You, i i You'll, I'll, I'll, might as well just kick it off with you. So, well, so I'm like, super passionate about pa- it. Let's get it going. I'm sorry, I'm trying to be <laughs> passionate uh, way about my voice when I'm uh, discussing the topics. But uh, no, I actually have a, a mixed view on it okay. um, because uh, if we're starting with me, um, that's fine. I, 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 consider that I'm a, uh, you know, I, uh, I'm a multi-sport athlete in high school. At least I was, which um, I think both i don't Mayo. i don't think you were a no, m- no, multi-sport no, athlete no. you were a multi-sport athlete yeah so what i think's being lost in in youth sports is that multi-sport athlete context of of people feeling like they now need to put all their eggs in one basket to to i don't know um go keep up with everybody else i'm not sure but uh you know
2: i actually have to disagree with you there for a point you say you have to put all your eggs in one basket i actually found that at my school um it was actually encouraged to play two sports okay where it depended on what two sports they were, but the crossover between coaches was really where they, they actually forced kids at times to play another sport. Yeah, that's that to that's, be in season with them
0: all the time. And that's uh that's that's I've I've actually seen a lot of coaches do right. that. Um I know at least in uh, uh, uh wrestling culture that it's it's a year long it's a year long mm-hmm. commitment. Um, there's no there's no multi sport. If you want to be uh, a college wrestler, it's it's start to finish. Really? here Yeah, yeah. It's it's a full time commitment. And then even I remember youth, I mean youth lacrosse at least. I was doing travel stuff right. in the winter, in the fall. Only only in the winter I wasn't doing travel lacrosse. Right.
2: Believe me, I understand that. I know. Yeah. I bet
0: all three of you can relate too. Yeah. That it almost, and I'm not going after. It's not it's not our parents. Obviously, it's just the times. Is that almost felt more like a business it became more of a business decision of like an investment than it became more of like ah well we're doing this you know because it's you know right necessarily the what youth sports are meant to be is like this fun like connection Mm -hmm. with friends and like social atmosphere and not saying it wasn't that i I still talk to sports teams right uh but go on Uh, that's my opinion I'll, i'll come back and contextualize that more but let me hear what you guys right so I
2: I agree with what you're saying for the most part and um something that I've noticed throughout the years is um me and my parents will now joke around about um you know they see other people like I have little cousins and younger neighbors they see other kids and their parents going through the old like uh the the youth sports thing where you know the coaches are fighting it's about the playing time Who's getting in, who's not, what's fair, who's getting stamped who's good, who's... Like, come on. Right, right, I mean, yes. And we look back on it now, and so. we went through the same things when I was growing up, and now we look back and we laugh at it, like, yeah. oh my God, could you believe that? Exactly. I mean, I'll tell you one thing that I've noticed, the stud football player at seven years old isn't going to be, you know, uh, the next Joe Burrow, I'll tell you it that is- much, okay? I I mean, y- you don't... It, you just got to let it go, and it's hard when you're in the moment, though, oh. and I agree that, but my point on it is that i thought at first when you brought up this topic i was gonna be like of course youth sports is way too hard it's it's too much it's too much pressure on a child to have to perform at that level for all months of the year at one sport but i actually kind of think that it's a good thing i mean it kind of i think it brings um a nice culture to youth sports but i i feel like in a way sports are kind of going in a softer direction yeah and i feel like it brings richer and rigid structure to a child's youth and and and
0: how they develop yeah okay um and I I I completely everything you were saying I I even points I hadn't even thought of that was that was great I you're so right about the 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 parents getting super invested in it yelling and everyone's getting super emotional and then you look at it now and you look back on it and it's like man that was silly but at the time it, it seems like it's everything it's the most important thing it is it's all con. it's all yeah, bubble right, in your right. bubble right it's all uh, relative it's all relative right man what, what do you think to do um I in mean, your experience with youth sports so. um
1: yeah so i i played three sports like for most of my middle school and then like i kind of transitioned from from uh three to one and then uh so so my take on this and it's kind of interesting i i'd spin it a little bit i'm with buck here um and one part of what he said i think that sports is intense and like uh, intense travel sports is a good thing, but I also think that sports has kind of glorified, like, participation a lot more than it should. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was younger, you didn't get a trophy for playing. You got a trophy for winning. And, like, I have – I, I, I kind of have a big problem with, like, everybody gets a trophy. Like, I think, like, what does that tell kids? Like, it doesn't – there's no com- there's no competitive atmosphere anymore. It's kind of just like you go, you go out there, you play your sport, and, oh, you get a trophy because you played. And, like, that's something that I think we're seeing – A lot more of now and it's kind of representative of you know culture
0: yeah I I, I think personally that that youth sports and the intensity of it kind of shaped my older self in a way I mean the sense of responsibility and pressure I mean they're probably really healthy things for a kid to go through I mean they're not it's not like an. I mean to a certain degree it's unhealthy obviously but um I I don't think think there's always a balance
2: I think it gets unhealthy and I think it's wrong When it kind of morphs from what's the children's best interest to where parents get involved and it's about, you know, getting at another parent because they have a disagreement about something about the playing time of their child. That's usually where it stems from, playing time of my child. Why is my child not playing? Right. Right, right. You usually, that's a common theme here, and it usually goes south when... Two parents kind of get in a disagreement, and now it becomes, oh, well, we're not going to play for that team because that dad is on that team or that parent is crazy. Right. 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 So I think that's where it gets unhealthy. But like what Mayo was saying with participation and everyone's a winner, not everyone is a winner. The yeah. winner is the winner. <laughs> everyone else is the loser. Right. Second, I always grew up learning that second place is the first loser. <laughs> yeah. So I, right. I don't listen, it's all everyone. I, I understand that you want to make everyone feel included, but. I just don't think the way to do that is making everybody a winner, because there are winners and losers in life, and as you get older, you will come to find that more and more.
0: Well, and and just like I said, youth sports shaped me in a certain way because of the intensity of pressure. I think that the effect of everybody getting a winner's trophy will shape them in a certain way that they don't want them to grow up to be, if that makes sense. Absolutely, yeah. So, uh, but then there's also an aspect to to balance it back out. Are we grooming kids to become professional athletes? Yeah. Probably not. I mean... I, think, I don't think all kids are being I want to hear what he has. Oh, to yeah, say. I, yeah, I,
1: I, 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 I hear think that. I think I think parents 100%. 100% parents when they're like when they're taking that like second grade, <laughs> third grade kid and throwing him into whatever sport it may be, like it could be soccer, it could be lacrosse, it could be baseball. Mm-hmm. But like as soon as you make the commitment to one sport from a young age, which is what's happening nowadays, the parents 100%. It might not be professional sports, but it's 100% college sports. 100. That's a good point. Scholarship. Par- yes, parents are 100 percent thinking about like the best place they can send their kids to school, and okay. that it's no longer it's no longer just good grades anymore. Everybody has uh, their own thing, you know. And the the sooner you train somebody to be uh, you know specialized in a sport, the better chance they have at playing that sport at a collegiate or even professional level. Right. So that's like like professional. That's that's like you know that's the cream of the crop. So it's a little different. But if you're making your kid play, you know. Hundreds of hours of a sport a year, like you're think you're thinking like beyond them just playing a sport. Yeah. You have you have something totally else in mind, and that's and that's getting them to a different like a like a
0: higher level. If I'm being honest, I was totally about it, to but you actually brought up a really good point. I didn't even consider. You're right that that it does sometimes feel like the kids are being like groomed for high school sports and then in turn to college sports, right? Because I mean, we all knew the kid that was a really good athlete and tried walking onto the lacrosse team as a freshman and it was like, dude, you're just never gonna be a starter on the team. Like, you had to have started when you were in second grade to have any shot of -hmm. being a contributor on the team. And that's just a sad truth. Now, back in the 80s or whatever, 70s, that just wasn't the case. I mean, it was just like, oh, I want to play lacrosse this year? Cool, I'm going to be a good player on the team. Now, (laughs) sports have obviously gotten so much better, and the reason being is because people are playing now 12 years of sports before they even get into college. So there is this fine line of, like, i want my kid to have the best experience possible with this sport but at the same time do i want to burn him out exactly i that's, was just i was just
1: gonna say that you see kids getting burnt out of sports right. so
0: much faster yeah. now
1: and now and, and uh, that's that's very true kids do get
2: burnt out i mean like honestly like i picked up my first lacrosse stick when i was four years old it was yeah. like G- gordon purdy's <laughs> like lacrosse camp like what was i do i was four <laughs> What was I doing there?
0: I don't even remember. I don't even remember that. So like, I mean, it's just crazy. So you 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 guys have heard the song Glory Days or know about it by Bruce Springsteen, like kind of like this sense of like our like fathers' generations of like like always wishing they could go back and play like <sighs> sports. Yeah. So they didn't go through or have the same intensity on youth sports. So then the question is, when we're adults, are we gonna have the same reflection of like ah? I'm guessing we will. I'm guessing we will miss playing sports because yeah. it makes sense. But like will we will kids in our generation have the same? empathy towards playing sports as people that didn't get to play it as much when they were when they were kids if
2: mm. that makes sense yeah that's interesting
0: i mean i'm not I don't know. i'm not shooting all over like uh youth sports by the way i i'm a product of it so obviously yeah. i'm not but, no i don't I but don't. it's an interesting th- uh thing to look at the consequences of mm-hmm. i think the more sports you play as a, the more sports
1: you play as a kid the better yeah like, just simply like you just like you're more diverse you hang out with more people like you learn different, like, you learn different schemes, like, yeah, that's weird, well, but, like, each sport yeah. has a different, like, tactic, like, you know, soccer, you spread the field, the cross, you move the ball, football, you just play hard, I, I don't know, I, mean, <laughs> I just, I just think the more you play sports, in different sports, the more, like, well-rounded you become as a person, just, like, because the more, you know, I think, I, I'm just a huge advocate for, so, well it i don't anything. necessarily agree that it has to be sports just some
2: activities if you want to be in the band or if you want to well, if yeah, you want to do something else if you want right. to do art i mean that is totally fine as well like i'm just i think i'm more of an advocate of Group. just do everything do a little bit of everything and see what you like so throw as much against the wall as you can and whatever sticks sticks so yeah, i mean like really i remember playing like probably like every sport like baseball soccer lacrosse football everything even like golf like everything when i was little and then whatever I liked, I kind of went down the path of and then started to specialize in those areas. And I, I even, like, played the piano when I was little. It was, like, involved with art and stuff. So, I mean, whatever I liked was kind of, like, the route that I could have went, I feel right. like. And, and, and Which is all un- you can
0: ask for. And it's unfair to attack sports to a certain degree because, all right, when you guys were at recess in second or first grade, what were you guys doing? I think you were probably playing. Oh, I was ball. playing some... <laughs> I yeah, was. Oh, uh, what was? Yeah, though I was playing ball ball. No, that, but it wasn't ball ball. I was playing like foursquare or something, or, or soccer or something. I was playing. You like basically like at least I'm not saying all kids, but some, most kids have a, like a knack for like some sort of like competitiveness. Yeah. So I mean basically the youth sports is just channeling that. Um, but then it just feels more business in some way than it does playing uh, soccer outside with your friends. Um, and then uh, I don't know. The best atmosphere I used to remember is like all three of us. I'm guessing played soccer when we were four years old. Some yeah, team. And we did no contribution, rugby. but some kid dominated and kicked the ball. Well, it was always the fastest kid when you were younger. It was the best. <laughs> yeah. No way you yes, were the
1: fastest Yes, 100%. 100%. I was there, the fastest.
0: 100%. 100%. Yeah,
2: let's
1: see the tape on that. <laughs> you can ask I, the... I, I, I you do have, I was, that I was a, a I was a
0: speedy guy, man,
1: before... um,
0: Well. So, so now I'd like to go back around the horn um, before we close out this topic, and I just want one last... <laughs> positive or negative has the intense or just your own opinion what has the the impact of year-long and travel sports non-multi-sport athletes close them out people that are doing sports at a young age full-time um what type of impact does that have so on like course one sentence something? yeah just give me give me your concluding sentiments so we can all have an idea of where we stand um who wants to go first i mean i guess That's good
2: I, makes you a better person
0: good um i i i I stress multi-sports athletes, so I think it's never, no matter how good you are at the sport, I think you should be playing multiple sports. That's my final final thought on this matter.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to seem with Will here. I'm going to say uh, the, the intensity of one travel sport uh, leads to burnouts faster. That um, mean, all
0: right, well, that, that that clears it up for the comments section. Thank you, guys. Um, we're going to head to a one more song break, and we're going to get to our next topic that we're also really excited about, um, this next topic has something to do with uh, uncomfortability from the silver screen. We'll break that down for you when we get back. This is WKCO 919 in Gambier, Ohio. And we're back. This is the Bench Radio, WKCO 919. Um, so we're coming in with our second topic here, which we're all pretty excited about because we all have way different takes on the question, which I think is pretty pretty similar to actual conversation, is that everybody typically has a way different, like, well, I think this, I think this. So this this kind of capitalizes on the the bench motto, I guess, of the different interpretations of questions. So, I'm going to give you the question how we have it, and then I'm going to explain how everybody might look at it differently. So, what moment or sequence in television or film has made you the most uncomfortable? Now, that could be humility, gore, vulgarness, um, laughter, um, uh, awkwardness, any of the above, and we're all going to, trust me, we're going to test this question. So, um, I think I'll go, I'll go last this time. I went first last this time. So explain before you um, give your answer. Explain how you interpreted the question. James. You looking
2: at me? I'm looking at All you, right. James. Well, I actually have two different movies and two different scenes. But they're kind of the same. And it's uh, more of a war theme. Yeah. Um, my first scene is from Saving Private Ryan. And I know a lot of parents like are always like, oh, my God, the D-Day scene. Oh, my God, it's the worst thing ever. I don't think it's that bad. But it is pretty brutal. But a worst scene from that movie that i um that i recently read about is the um the slow bleed scene it's like sergeant misley he's in he's in the house um, the germans are invading he's on the ground the german has a knife over him and he's slowly 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 pressing that knife into his chest yeah. slowly killing him <laughs> and the worst part about Solid. that scene is the worst what? part about it is his friend, his partner, is outside and he won't be able to help him because he's too much of a coward to go in the house and yeah. fight the Germans. Uh,
0: yeah.
2: It's such a, it's, like, I just want to, like, get up and throw something at the TV right. because he shouldn't be dead. But then, the best part about that scene is the German walks down the stairs and it's the German that they found previously in the movie and that guy saved his life and let him live and didn't kill him. So they walk past each other and go their <laughs> separate right. ways. Which is one of the best scenes <laughs> in the movie, I think. No, yeah, you, you, you're you okay over there.
1: Yeah, I'm just having a moment.
2: I'm Okay, sorry. <coughs> and then my second scene is from platoon <laughs> When they raid the camp, right explain um, how, you, how you took the question Well, just gruesome, like, like brutality, right? Just right. like and there's a scene specifically where they go into the house and there's um, a disabled kid there and, they, and The guy's screaming. What are you laughing at? What are you laughing at? What are you laughing at? And then he just beats this kid's head in yeah. with the backstop of his gun just leaves yeah it's like, like awful just, and they just burn down the entire village there's just awful war crimes committed there um and those two scenes i think just really just i say definitely platoon one kind of stuck with me for a while like that was really 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 tough to watch for a really long time
0: right and and that's that's the idea of the question right there is this this thing that you you can't even watch the scene after you've seen it once because it's just it's so i mean It's basically the movie magic where it it actually makes you so uncomfortable that you can't watch. You're you're suspended in disbelief so much, you are experiencing what's happening to such a level that you have to turn away. And that's what I think is amazing about film or television. But let's hear what Mayo's is. I think Mayo's going a completely different route on the question. So, uh, let's hear it, Matt. So, so mine, uh, Explain un- it. uh yeah, so uh,
1: unlike Buck, um, where his was more, like, grotesque, uh, mine is more of, like, an uncomfortability, like, an, like, an anxiety you get from it, like, it's really cringe worthy <laughs> and, uh, so, for those of you who have seen Seinfeld, um, George Costanza is a man of, um, a rather peculiar nature, and he's really, really, he has a bunch of scenes where you're just, like, man, I, I like, like, me personally, I, I, I have to fast-forward some of this stuff so uh one of one of my prime examples is this man uh george costanza quite literally acts like he is handicapped he literally acts like he has some sort of like spasm in his right leg where he can't walk properly to get a job (laughs) he then gets the job and continues to act handicapped and he keeps this going for weeks until the boss finds out and i mean <coughs> when you're seeing him do the interview and the boss sees him walking with the cane you're like oh don't say it man just just tell him the truth like you just have a cane cuz oh. you think it's cool oh. you got to skip through the scene you can't handle it i can't handle it oh, i'm sitting there like what are you doing oh man you're going to find out and they always find out i mean he's got he's got a number of these but yeah like uh to to put it to put it simply um i just I just got to fast forward. It's just like yeah. you feel it. Will, Will describes it perfectly. Secondhand embarrassment. I can't watch it because I'm so embarrassed for the guy. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. Jeez.
0: Yeah. Um, Jeez. I, uh, that's, that's a great example. And that, that is a completely different effect, obviously, than Saving Private Ryan Platoon. But it is an effect. And that's, that's what we're going for. Something that makes you actually kind of like jump off of the screen. And I think in that same vein of Mayo Seinfeld, that if you don't watch Seinfeld and you watch The Office, Michael Scott yeah. has some very similar moments, especially a specific one if anyone's seen Phyllis's wedding episode where he gets up and, and, and talks and does a toast <coughs> and, he, and he just insults Phyllis to her whole family. Right. It's, it, I mean, or the
2: Pam, uh, Pam and Jim's one as well.
0: What Pam and Jim's it's wedding. About the baby. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> then, I mean, there's just, there's just so many moments where Michael, with Michael Scott where you're not laughing. You're more like, I can't believe this is happening. Um, so that, that, is a, that is a great example now of, of what, we, what we mean by a sequence that makes you uncomfortable. And that's George Costanza and Michael Scott nail that on the, <laughs> with the hammer. So I'm going to go with a, a completely... Um, I don't even know how to describe this scene. Grotesque, gruesome, uncomfortable. However, but I know it had an effect that, that still I cannot watch the scene to this day. Game of Thrones, Stannis Baratheon basically executing his daughter by fire on a cross in support of some god of light. That scene when his daughter is just just begging and crying for her mom and her dad to like take her down and he just everybody just stands there and watches her burn on a stake. This innocent girl that had nothing to do with anything, it is one of the most like I I don't know if you I know you guys have both seen Game of Thrones, but it is it's one of the most brutal scenes, I think. It's, like,
1: minutes long, too. It's, it's not It's not like they just show, like, a glimpse of it. Like, it's this whole ceremony where everyone is watching. Oh. And. It's pretty it's, brutal. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's uh, it honestly, it really, it kind of pushes the envelope for what you can show on TV.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. I
1: hadn't seen really anything like that on television before, and honestly, I was under the impression that, like, killing children on screen was... Something, was something you didn't really do? A line
0: in the sand, like especially
1: yeah. burning them on a cross with fire. Like and that's showing it. Yeah, and, it. and 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 like hearing her scream like like mom like mother like help me help me like, yeah me.
0: Like, help me. like help me like why are you doing this? And she was already like a like a she uh, was deformed she, she was a deformed. Yeah. um what's it called the 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 rock, the, the rock disease. disease the rock disease that oh yeah I mean, yeah, that, yeah, okay, yeah that's so that's she's uh, already Grayscale. Grayscale. and and all she wants in the world is just like she just spreads joy I mean that's the whole. I mean, which, whenever you see that in Game of Thrones, you should be nervous for that character. I mean, jeez.
2: Right. And they're doing it because the army is dying. They're out of food and water. And uh, they're doing it to preserve it. Like,
1: they think that this spell sacrifice. will save them. Yeah. Wasn't it the last? It was, like, kind of the last. The last resort. The, the last resort for Stannis. And then he ends up, after that, getting punished for doing that, yeah. I think. Yeah right yeah right, like please, he yeah. like they condemn him like the god of light condemns him for burning this child I mean, well if
2: we're on the topic of horrible tough to watch game of thrones came a game of thrones scenes let's uh one that immediately came to my mind after you said that is the the uh, i'll just call it the making of reek uh, i think oh, we all know what we're oh, talking oh, about here yeah. um, oh you
1: can't you have to fast that forward through is, that. that is yeah, a sure. very
2: very tough scene and then um
1: what, what's the other one mr that-
2: bolton males um his present to the family of reek ah yeah so uh, i'm gonna g- tough scene to watch there for most
1: Sorry. of our male viewers i'm gonna stack up on uh on buck's point as well um i'm blanking on the guy's name but um
0: the mountain oh. destroys his face oh i know who you're talking about <laughs> The mountain about. in a fight basically uh. gouges his eyes and in turn uh. rips his head now now that was more if i'm being honest that doesn't as much fall into. That was not as gross as that was like, whoa, like that just happened, like that was insane. Dude, I don't that know was, that 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 I like that violence made, was, that made my
1: that made my stomach like my like that made my stomach like roll over. Like to I, me, that I was just an action. Uh, scene.
0: So that that's where that's where Prince I would Overly, separate. Yeah. I, I would Overly. I don't know about you, Buck, but Over Martel. Yeah. To yeah. argue uh, Mayo here, that's a, more of a scene I would put in line where it was like like a Mission Impossible, like something oh. sick just happened, like that was just a cool like like, fight no, scene.
2: The fights. Oh, I don't... The end of that fight scene where he's... Oberlin Martel he's like, I'm watch. Oberlin Martell and you, <laughs> Blake, killed my sister and, and then he, and then he, like, sweeps, gets, the, sweeps leg, the leg, dude. gets on top of him and then
0: takes his hands and crushes his face into it. Yeah, but that's not something that like i'd watch that again i mean i don't think that makes me a wrong person for saying that i think it was a cool fight it was a really good scene but that's a lot different than the greek or the uh his head explodes i mean but yeah Yeah. that's just like a unique way to like in gladiator fight i mean i'm not being insensitive to anybody that has had experienced something i don't know a lot of people that are listening right now that have experienced that (laughs) but but that that to me is where so so basically this this brings up now that we've all done our three examples this brings up the question of like film or television or this storytelling's ability to basically like it seeps into us and we're secondhand experiencing what the protagonist or what the person on screen is having so like that type of power that like film or television has i think is incredible and i think we've seen it it's weird. we just gave three examples or four i guess but there's so A many lot, of these yeah. examples it's why we watch movies okay. right i mean what were we just watching? We were just watching um, Interstellar. Interstellar, which I mean, the concepts and this idea of people not being able to live on Earth anymore it's it getting m- maybe not to the same effect, or we had to like turn away. But <coughs> all movies have that effect of like making you uncomfortable or antsy, like you know. I mean, right. you guys know what I mean. Um, I mean, I guess I don't. I guess, you but you don't watch Seinfeld because you like to see George Costanza make a fool of himself, or you kind of do watch. Seinfeld I mean, because I mean, it's, like it's, it's, it's it's
1: part it's part of it. I think I think George. Is, is unique because he's such an interesting character and like Buck, I know you're a big Seinfeld guy as well. Will you are? I've seen some, just not, just yeah. not, just not, not as, as much. much, yeah. But but I think, I mean, he he just embodies like someone who just has no, like like uh, I don't I don't want to say self control, but I I almost want to say social awareness. Like another example I was gonna give was. Uh, there's this scene where he gets this job, right? He's always in and out of jobs. He lives with his parents. The guy is just, the cringe. I mean, anyway, he gets this job, right? And he's been there for a week. And it's this girl's birthday in the office. And yeah. this guy, uh, much like the Phyllis, Michael Scott scene, uh, this guy is going to give a toast to the boss who's been there, who knows her. He's tenured. Everybody knows. And George goes, stops him. He goes, I got this. Oh God! And and then he puts his glass up, and everybody—you can see everybody's face—is like, dude, what the, what are you doing, man? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> and you're just saying like, God, George, right. And now
0: you're experiencing yeah, that. Oh my God! Uh, George, what? Because you're ah, like, why right. are you doing that, right. man? Um, why? Right. And I think I think before we, I'm actually gonna call an audible here. And in the spirit of the holidays, we're gonna do one more topic, um, that is gonna be one that I genuinely think is going to be debated a little bit, and we're going to do our, our favorite Christmas film, uh, our favorite Christmas movie that okay. our family is, our Christmas movie, and we're going to actually get after it a little bit and debate of whose is the best Christmas movie. Um, we're going to, I think Buck wants <clears throat> to share one more Seinfeld, cringy moment, and then we're going to go to commercial break.
2: Well, I just, yeah, I just wanted to ask Mayo real quick. Mayo, you ever seen the Spit episode with Keith Hernandez? Yes,
1: yes.
0: yes. yes.
2: The Keith Hernandez episode is fantastic. That's probably my favorite episode. If you've the seen magic it. spit with Kramer and he's like he spit on me. And then Jerry's
1: and then team. Jerry's like Jerry's like wait a minute. If that spit came from here, how could it have hit Newman on the side of the head that's, yeah, that's, and yeah. then trajectored to Kramer?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so great add so up. That, that yeah, so we so basically to to sum up, I'm gonna do it for three the, the the movie magic is what they call it, this suspended disbelief, this ability of something on a screen to be able to actually impact emotions inside of you is is basically the, the topic we were showing. So um if you have any other ones that you're like, Wow, yeah, that scene really gets me. It's why we watch films and it's why it's why we enjoy stories, is because we second hand experience it. So all right, we're gonna go to this last topic in spirit of the holidays. It's gonna be a quick one. It's gonna be our favorite Christmas movies. We're excited. We've actually been debating this a little bit all week. We'll be right back at it with after the song break. And we're back. This is The Bench. It is currently 1139. We'll be doing our last topic of the 2019 season. We're really excited about it. It's topical. It's kind of in our range of things. We actually debated it in Gund a little bit ago um what is the best christmas movie from your childhood maybe it doesn't have to be from your childhood what movie gets you in the christmas spirit the most what is the epitome of christmas to mayo first this time what's your answer
1: uh so i bounced around a little bit i'm gonna i'm gonna give an honorable mention to my first initial thought just because i know my dad would probably hit me if i didn't <laughs> <laughs> um a christmas story <laughs> is a really good movie really good flick uh good plotline uh, uh anyway Gonna get to the... Yeah, yeah. Gonna get get to the real story now. I am going to actually probably uh, blow both of your minds. I'm gonna go with... uh, What is it? Polar Express. Oh! Yeah. Yeah. No way. I'm a big... Get out of here. Look, look. (laughs) look, Michael, Michael and I are in accordance on this one. I, you know... I actually end up somehow watching Polar Express every year. I don't know why. I don't know how it happens. <laughs> yeah. at, some, at some point in time, I'm sitting on a couch and Polar Express is on, and no one changes it. It's already it, happened. It's just happened. It's happened. It's like one of the, you know, uh, seven wonders of the world. Like, yeah. why, like... Uh, Death, the, yeah, the, taxes, and, and Polar Express. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, the, my, my, my reasoning for this choice is uh, stem, stems with uh, one reason and one reason only. Uh, Tom Hanks is the conductor, and, well, I guess the other, uh, the hot chocolate just looks phenomenal. Like, the scene where they're yeah, dancing with the hot chocolate, and the guys yeah, are running that's around, that's the tables one. are flopping, and they're just pouring cups from 10 feet up, yeah, not one. One. spilling that's a good. drop. That's, that's interesting. I mean, that, that warms your soul. I know I don't have a soul. I'm a yeah. ginger. <laughs> Only he can make that joke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, seeing that hot chocolate and those kids enjoy, uh, really, that's like, one of, like that in the Krabby Patty. Like...
0: So yeah. I I I really like the Polar Express pick. I like that pick. I like all that type of stuff. Yeah, I like I the OG. The OG Scrooge is another one that's in there with that same ballpark of what Mayo was saying. But I'm actually going. This is like, if you know, you know. Everybody will agree with me that's seen this. I know slightly. Even Buck will acknowledge this pick as being one of the best. Um, I'm going back to the 70s. A Year Without Santa Claus, that whole trilogy of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Those were the goats as kids, man. Those were yeah. awesome. The soundtracks still actually kind of bump, man. Yeah. Like, A Year Without Santa Claus, heat right? Yeah, You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Right. It's great. Uh, wait, Well, actually, I think we'll have Buck play us uh, the heat Miser song at the uh, commercial break, um, which we're excited for. But, uh, no, the, these movies had, had everything. They were, they were like claymations. They, they, as a kid, they were just so incredibly captivating. They are still really good. <laughs> They're still. Really They're really good. They are really well done. Songs like um, uh, I'll Have a Blue Christmas without you. Um, uh, the yeah, I think that there is a song A Year Without Santa Claus, and then also. Um, Santa Claus coming to town. Santa Claus. Um, <laughs> Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Right. Um, uh, and then my favorite is He Miser. Um,
2: they didn't all originate from those movies, did they? Those stories? No, well, no the the songs. the songs.
0: They were before. The movies, I'm right? not sure. Hmm, that's I don't know if it could have been a play a prior to the PlayMates. We could we could look into that if anyone knows. Probably people from the 70s when they came out. Um, but uh, no one's commented. Uh, no. But no, yeah, the the trilogy in the 70s that came out. I'm sure all of our parents probably have the same um, feeling about those. But yeah, that's my pick. We'll come back to that in a little bit. Uh, Buck, let's hear your pick. Well, my pick is Elf, and I think I I don't. I don't know if I've ever
2: seen a better Christmas movie than Elf. I mean, Will Ferrell absolutely kills it. It's funny, it's light, it's just like, it's 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 basically. I I think it ties in Christmas just. I've seen Elf. I don't know how many times I've seen Elf. It's so many times. But it's, it's over like it's got to be over thirty over full 10. times, and then just seen it on probably close to like seventy.
0: What's it's your favorite scene? It's so good. I it's like, scene, you can't scene. even
2: pick a favorite scene. I have, a, I mean, I have
1: one as well. Actually.
2: My favorite scene is. Um, when Will Ferrell is, Santa comes to the workshop, (laughs) and he's like, like, Will Ferrell's really excited, he goes up to Santa, and he's like, you're not Santa.
0: And then they get into that whole fight after he, uh, did the place up the night before. I mean, when you you think about that movie, it's brilliant. Have Will Ferrell be born in, 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 um, whatever, the the pole, uh, North North Pole, Pole. Jesus.
1: The North Pole, as a,
0: as a human. And then come back after being like a similar to elf culture right. and try to operate in New York City. It's, I mean, what, uh, the only thing better is like him being a 40 year old guy as a stepbrother with another yeah, hilarious 40 year old guy. Right. Uh, What's your favorite scene from Elf? <laughs> My favorite scene from Elf is actually really sneaky. It's funny. Uh, it's <laughs> his dad comes in and he has the whole plan of what they're gonna do together and he's like, and at the end of the night, we'll cuddle. And he's yeah. like, <laughs> and you've got this guy, you know who uh, the d- father is? He's the um, Sonny oh, no. and the Godfather. Yeah. Oh, right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah. He's Sonny um, and the Godfather. Yeah. And what, um, he's like, we'll make snow angels yeah. and then we'll
2: cuddle. Well, another I great so, scene from yeah, The yeah, Office me is... In. He answers the phone. Hi, Buddy Elf. What's your favorite color? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That so, may be the best scene, oh, yeah. best scene.
1: My favorite scene. I actually have two that I'm kind of torn between. The scene where he's eating the spaghetti and he just right. covers it in candy and the three just, f- like figures. chocolate syrup. Yeah. yeah. It's and then uh my so. and then this one this one is arguably just better for what it is. The scene where he's just picking the gum. And just eating oh it. off of this off the street <laughs> so off the, off the street. street oh my god my watch, that he, that's disgusting he's just he's just walking. <laughs> that's hard to watch <laughs> and he just keeps bending
2: over and picking up a little his, crossover his, event here <laughs> hard to watch scenes with also oh great yeah movies. or no another buddy the elf eating the gum off the subway the
0: other scene that i cringe every time i watch it but i laugh so hard is when he walks into the best coffee in the in, in the world yeah, yeah right congratulations
2: best coffee yeah oh, no. you finally did it you finally did <laughs> it Right. We're I mean this... but there's that I mean I think we just discussed why my pick was the best I mean, and it is it, a good pick. It's well, a good pick. Well no, I know we all wanted to say Alpha. It's oh, not but... as
0: family
1: friendly
2: though. Really? Nah, maybe what do you it is. Mean? Dude, I think it's, that's it's like, such light humor. Yeah, it's
1: got the it's got the perfect family aura to it. Like the, I feel like it never yeah. oversteps with the humor. The
2: darkest humor in it maybe is when he gets drunk in the mail room. And like maybe. And it's so hidden. When I was a kid I didn't even know he was getting drunk. No, yeah, yeah exactly, I think, man. It. I think like
1: I am trying I'm I'm trying to think of anything. (laughs) Maybe maybe um like a, like kinda creepy, like maybe a little bit too far for a PG movie is when he's like standing in the shower. Okay, well <laughs> <so>, that's yeah.
0: <laughs> Bye, Mr. Norwell. No, fine, no,
1: no, well the well she's singing and then right. he completes the line and she's like, quack, quack. Yeah, well it's the
0: baby it's cold outside.
2: The best part about <laughs> Elf is he's so he's he's like he's like a child that's never experienced the world, so everything he does is so innocent. Yeah. It's and, all in it's all on the best intentions because he actually has no eye like he's not in the shower to, you know. He's actually there to sing. He heard her
0: singing and right. he wanted to sing. And, and another and another like point about the movie that you have to keep this in mind when you're talking about Christmas movies. It has a nice message to it too, you yeah. know, like Christmas is Dying in New York and like the only thing that makes the sleigh work is Christmas spirit and then all of New York. It does tie yeah, so, it really you know, well. It's yeah, it's so, a nice
1: story too. If we were if we were based, basing it on like the message of the Christmas movie, I would say Alf hands down. Cause, Cause, Polar Express, like, what's the message? Like that a random train just pops up. Well, the bell, no, the, no, the bell, bro. Obviously, he, he doesn't, doesn't watch a lot of Santa. Polar Express. <laughs> uh. Never All right, Anyway, movie. but the the Elf, Elf, like, is about this jerk off dad who, like, whoa, whoa you work here? Yeah. <laughs> well, like, this guy who, like, doesn't really care about, like, I mean, he cares about his family, but like, he really only cares about his job and work, and he doesn't look at Christmas as a holiday. It's kind of just like time away from. A day what to you make want. money. Yeah, yeah, a day to make money and. Well, and, um, and then he
0: turns into this guy, and, like, the scene with the snowball fight, like, it's just great. It's just great about, like, uh... when he comes together and, like... Okay, one that we have to mention. I'm not saying any of us agree with it, but it's probably the elf of the, like earlier generation is National Lampoon's Christmas. Oh, that movie's awesome. I yeah. can't believe I forgot about that. That's really good. I yeah. can't believe
2: one of you didn't say that, actually. Yeah. I haven't Chris seen while. it in yeah. a while. Uh, so yeah, good. It's a good one. Dude. I just it's watched Polar
0: Express. Yes. He's just yeah. a such a jerk in real life, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that, but... Yeah, Chevy Chase. So. But,
2: but his movie's really funny. Yeah. It's a really funny movie. Oh, it's good. It's good. It's I good. really like that. No,
0: so yeah, those, uh, <laughs> those are our Christmas picks. I'm sure we're leaving some out. Elf is, I think, we just... I love Elf. I have a special place for Elf. I, we have Elf uh, Christmas sweaters, me and Mike. Mike, if you're listening, I'm talking yeah, about There's no way he's listening. There's <laughs> no way he's listening. But now we, uh, those are our Christmas picks. If you haven't checked them out, the three movies you need to watch while before we come back to the, uh, before we come back are, the, well, we'll call four. Um, Mayo's pick, Polar Express. My pick, A Year Without Santa Claus. Elf, and heck, watch National Lampoon's Christmas. Make sure all four of those are covered, or don't even try to watch our show. We're done. We're done with it. Okay, wait, please watch. Don't (laughs) (laughs) be. All right, we're going to go to a commercial break. Commercial break to then current events. All right, guys, we'll see you in a second. This is the bench. It's currently 11.52, and we uh, just got off our last song break. We just finished our three um, discussions for today. We were really excited about them. They went as well as we thought they could have. Yeah. Um, it was a really good way to wrap up this season. Um, we are going to take a couple Collins. Um, you can call Mayo Amarillo's phone if you have the number. You can try them. We're going to wait a second, though, hold the Collins, because we actually want to get a couple things out yeah. before we go to the Collins um, and before we're out of time at 12. So the first thing is, um, if you haven't yet, please check out our podcast when you're going home. We're trying to really crank up the numbers and see the response, because we know you guys are busy from 11 to 12, we understand that, but the podcast is a really good way to catch our entire show, and it, it keeps track of our analytics, and we can really get a firm grasp on our popularity and that type of stuff. So right. please check out our podcast. Now I'm gonna move it over to Buck for the t-shirts and uh, merchandise possibility stuff. If you have any updates or right. So well, we just put out stuff. the
2: poll for the t-shirt, and we're gonna we're gonna see how it goes, and um probably get those. Um, I mean we're gonna ra- this is the end of season two, bench right here. So I hope we hope to have t-shirts for the general public by season three. Um, we'll probably well those won't be then, but we'll get something similar. Probably that logo on the back. We're still trying to work we, out the front. We yeah. want that on the back. But um, we're open to ideas from people, if they have any ideas, they want to shoot us some uh, some text or something like that, and they got ideas for the shirt, and we'll just
1: keep posting them out there and see what gets the best we're, response. We're also probably um, going to order about 50, I yeah. would say, so we're not, we're not, like, I know before we talked about, like, if you really want one and you want to make sure you have one, send us a DM. But we're ordering 50, so like first come first serve, yeah. like it's it's kind of yeah. It's, it, we're not gonna do pre-orders because that just doesn't really work out right. usually with something like this. Yeah. So we're ordering 50. It's a hard 50, and that's that. If I mean if if, 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 listen, if we if, if we sell the if, 50 uh, and,
0: and and more, you like, now listen, it, uh, if a hundred people DM us or a hundred people respond saying they're interested in, in t-shirts, and we can we can make come up with a price that's suitable yeah we're we're we're, i'm sure we can talk or figure something out but absolutely right now uh we had on our poll just to check the numbers i'm pretty sure we had about 40 yeses to t t-shirts so that that's right around our 50 number in the first place we uh, we
2: also had an idea for the t-shirts we're gonna i think basically give them away for free we're five dollars i think a t-shirt something like that and then we're going to take the proceeds and donate it to a local charity around here
0: yeah yeah so that, that that's the plan right now so we're really excited that you guys are um that we got some excitement about the the t-shirts if you want to send us if you are a big fan of the bench and you want to dm us or send us some an idea for right. how you think the design of the shirt should just, look please uh, do give it, give it just like shoot us and and let yeah. us know um yeah. but yeah those are the two big things so, t-shirts and um, the second thing would be, obviously, the podcast. When you're driving home right. for winter break, flying home, whatever you're doing, check out our podcast. The link is in our bio. Well, it's on Spotify. It's accessible. Right.
2: And also another important thing is this is the end of season two. So we had season one last year was kind of the inaugural season yep. of the bench. Um, not as organized. Now we had season two here. And now we got our Christmas holiday. We have finals. We'll come back. We basically have no breaks next semester. We'll be live every Sunday from 11 to 12. And we're gonna go season three, podcast every week. We yep. basically have every week in the booth, we'll have T shirts, we'll have basically the show structure is down Stickers, and we'll have everything you. Yeah. yeah. We're gonna get everything. a bunch of
0: we're gonna really knock it up season three with a with a totally different thing. Um, yeah. it's gonna it's gonna be much more intense. Now that we have the podcast set, it's gonna get much more professional and you'll have really, really easy access to check out the bench radio. If you can't so, listen now, you can thanks, listen later. Uh, we're, uh, we're super excited good luck on your final exams if you're taking them if you've already taken them well they probably didn't go well because we didn't wish you luck yeah. but um, <laughs> good luck on them for the future and, we... um, and we're gonna take this last caller it will be the last caller of season two last caller of 2019 of 2019 your
2: current guest who better
0: <laughs> than Sam, Sam Humphrey. Humphrey you are on the bench Sam Humphrey what do you have to say the last caller of 2019 Sam make it worth it will it... yeah the question is, will Sam Humphrey is at a, a sort of consistent uh, cursing uh, whenever he comes on? Will he meet that same bar of, of cursing on the show? I don't know. Yes, well, yes, all right. So thank you, yes, Sam. So More, Sam. That was perfect. Yes, thank so you for those of you who didn't hear well, what he said. All right. You're off the bench. Thank <laughs> you, Sam. So um, let's just to, to give Sam the justice he needs. He is claiming that <laughs> Platoon is actually, and if I'm right, a, a prequel <clears> to, <throat> to the movie Major League um both starring yeah. charlie sheen i believe think so so wow a very hot take uh from sam humphrey um very much appreciated for all of his comments throughout um uh this, this season, season two but uh um no we've we've had so much fun doing <laughs> this um the calls i know we've gotten a little less on the calls but that's only because we don't have a great way to do it as you guys can tell it's kind of hard to hear so, uh, we prefer to stick to I guess. this, but, yeah. uh, Mayo Amarillo, what do you, so, it? so, I haven't actually, uh, we haven't really consulted about this recently, we're short in
1: time, but I will say this, uh, we will be bringing guests in, in season two. Oh, yeah. Season three. Season three. Sorry, sorry, I misspoke. <coughs> season three. In season three, we will have guests in the booth. Yeah. So, you well, know, if you want to fill out the, uh, the application form to be a guest on our show. We don't have that. Uh, we don't have that.
0: We need a website
1: up where you can, like, apply but, and stuff we we might have that soon and if we don't you just text us and
0: chances are you can <laughs> come on
1: the show <laughs> probably so, come on the show if you so. want to be
0: in the bench on the in the booth with the with the guys let us know um um we'll actually be in season so some of our listeners will all literally be on the bench with some of us but uh no uh we're uh we're we're really excited about this next season. Right. We've got a lot of exciting things with the podcast and and walking billboards of t-shirts. So, right. we're really excited. We've got about a minute left. Yeah. Um, well, that's
2: actually interesting. In season, we're going to have to let Mizardi know we're busy 11 to 12 Sundays. We will not be able to practice cuz we got
0: the bench. Right. <laughs>
1: oh man. I was hoping to Right. Get better.
0: Coach, I know we got a travel game um and we got to leave, but I uh we we yeah. got the re- we got the show. We, we got hunting. the bench. So you know,
1: we could probably come in here during March break and do like a three-hour specialty show
0: where we could have a yeah, couple guests on really yeah. long podcasts. Yeah. Like a interview a lot of well, people. Well, this is all
2: hypotheticals right now. Yeah.
0: Uh, wanna... The other thing uh, before we we hit the last break, um, I would like to say is uh, we're gonna do a better job of being if we can't get on the actual radio we'll us there together like 24/7 so we'll try to get on um the live streams and uh run a show maybe if if we could uh, yeah. if we don't have access to the booth yeah so we might amp it up to two shows we're still all in the talking to this but please check out our podcast and let us know what you think guys it's been so much fun this is WKCO 919 closing out for the last time in 2019 This is the guys from the bench. We'll see you guys next year. Have a nice break. Happy holidays.